Welcome to the Theologian's Table, where one co-host is halfway to woke, and the other one is a health and wealth heretic. My name is Tim T. I'm Tim J. All right, so today we don't really have anything on the agenda other than, uh, well, let, let's not go with an agenda right away. Hmm. Uh Tim, is there anything that you want to talk about? Well, I had I had wondered if um, if you had gotten any emails about any of the healing stuff, because like I said, I think I got about halfway to my notes. Yeah. No, I think I covered my notes, but it uh-huh. was it was a short bit of notes, right. you know, um, so I wasn't sure if anyone. I, I didn't get any. I didn't get any emails. Okay. I mean, I I still I have a question or two for you. Uh-huh. Uh So I wasn't sure if we. Based, this is making sense. Based sorry. on 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 some of the stuff that you said, that's the most <laughs> vague thing I can say. But there, I mean, there there is one specific question that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, yeah, that's the thing. I wasn't, we can talk about what we want to talk about, you know, if, um, if we need to, we can kind of get back into that. But I know that healing was something I wanted to talk about, but you know, that's not really something that can just be one episode. I, know. I feel like we can revisit yeah. that again uh-huh. shortly, even, mm-hmm. um, I'd, I'd be cool with that. So do I have anything like specific? Ah, I just wanted to know if we had any, any emails. No, no, like no emails. I was expecting to get some emails Mm -hmm. yeah um even though uh we said in an episode that we didn't want to constantly be defending yeah sure uh, that we still want engagement yeah so even if it's a a a criticism i guess Mm -hmm. or uh or general you know i want more information yeah but uh yeah so how about you? What's what's on what's on your mind? Well, <clears throat> a, a little to the listeners, a lot of things have changed. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of things have changed. Yes, a lot of things have changed in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a very, I don't even know. It's been a, a very difficult month. What is it? The fourteenth. It's almost been a month. So the end of March. Something happened to me or I did something where, uh, you know, that impacted me uh, in a ministry sense uh, professionally. And, uh, you know, it it was difficult. I say that I, I don't mean to say that lightly. It might it might sound lightly, but it was it was difficult ride. And I don't uh any and en- envy anyone like they're they're like i don't even know what to say well what so should i say being, being, being careful about any uh-huh, details you can right. just say like the most basic thing uh-huh. well so i know i i stepped down from my position as pastor okay that's mm-hmm. that and it, it was hard it was a hard thing to do uh-huh. and the um and it's been it messed with me for like three weeks after that, and you know it, I'm still processing it. Um, 
So it, it it's caused a lot of reflection. You know, it's played on my biggest insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been real challenging. And I, and then there's been some unexpected uh, re- rewards too. Hmm. not rewards maybe um positive surprises sure i guess yeah but and so let me ask you this as a result did you take the little hiatus to tennessee or were you already planning on that um we we had been planning uh so my wife and i uh last week we we went on a trip oh, for a spring break up to tennessee and um we had been planning to go but that helped us go mm-hmm. we we uh we suddenly had the time to to do it mm-hmm. so we we took the trip and that was um a little bit rehabilitating because uh my wife's grandfather is a pastor so uh, he was able to to counsel me with all that too yeah sure um so yeah that's good that's really good Mm -hmm. so crazy stuff happened you did not see happening and um not to be too dramatic but i mean like your life kind of got flipped up you just did not see that coming and so when it all kind of came and you stepped down um there's a lot to process so it's a perfect time for you to take a a trip to get away you know Mm -hmm. so you want to elaborate on any of that? Like I said, we don't want to get into too many details or anything like that just to protect everyone. But um, I know you're still working through some things. So if you want to share things to work through it. Uh, the only thing that I, that really helped, that has really been helping me is getting, is prayer is, is one thing. Uh and, and I'm not talking about just like a stream of consciousness at night, but real intentional prayer. So I don't have a lot of prayers that I can just say off the top of my head, like spontaneous prayer. So I've really had to rely on the Lord's prayer. Hmm. And, you know, and, and, and other prayers written by other people. Just because um, I don't know what to say. Yeah, sure. sometimes, and it it helps, you know. <laughs> Jesus gave us the Lord's prayer, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna say a prayer given by Him. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and um, and then um, reading, and then reading the Bible, de centering myself. I mm-hmm. think is because. When you go through something like this, the biggest thing is that, like, there's a lot of spiritual attacks. And then it's made, you know, even though it's me going through this and my wife and family going along for the ride, uh, the biggest thing is that it it becomes all about you. Mm. So I've, I've really had to get back. Um, I mean, I, I mean, reading uh, intentional Bible reading, yeah, and and not with anything to do with the situation. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I'm in Luke, 
uh, right now. And is everyone in Luke? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I, I think so. In 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 this Bible, if if you're watching um, on YouTube, I I think I had stopped in Luke at some point um, in the first five chapters, and so I just started reading again, uh-huh. and and so that's really helped me. <laughs> the first. I started and restarted in Luke 8. And you know what's in Luke 8? Not off the top of my head, no. The parable of the sower. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> yes. Why do I always fo- oh, why do I always focus on the Matthew one? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, but it's in both. <clears throat> so I wonder if there's some Luke 8. comparisons and contrasts that I could glean from. I'm sure I've read it before. I'm just mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the, you saw that and then you knew that uh, I was right. And it is the gra- the greatest parable ever Jesus ever told. <laughs> well, you know, it can't like, uh, so Sunday was just like a terrible day because I, I went to a, a different church, a church where I wasn't serving or mm-hmm. pastoring. Um, and it was hard. Uh, it's hard to not serve when it's hard to not live out your calling. Um, and, you know, you feel defeated. Um, and so Sunday I was feeling really defeated. But I I don't know. And this was a church in Tennessee? No, this was a church here in, in Georgia. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but <clears throat> you, you, you still have to... I still wanted to worship God and, mm-hmm. you know, God worked in that. And, and so I'm thankful for that. And then the, the next day I read Luke eight and there's a parable of the sower. Mm-hmm. I can't escape that. No, it's I texted Tim on Monday. I'm like, I can't escape this parable. It's so because great. now, not only is it, well, it's your favorite parable, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. not only is it Tim's favorite parable, but it's just this parable that has been reoccurring in my life for the, past two years i have a, a figurine at home of uh, a man sowing seed in, in mm-hmm. a field that my wife gave me for father's day and then it just comes at the most uh, random times and 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 then i've been teaching on it in school to my kids we've been covering some of the parables and then mm-hmm. in, in in the textbook one of the parables that it talks about a lot is is the parable of the sower so i'm like what in the world's going on with this parable it's like almost like god's trying to say something well like why would he do that through his word (laughs) uh, yeah uh i may be mistaking this with a different parable but i'm pretty sure i'm not uh when his disciples asked him about the meaning he said uh um do you not do you not understand the meaning of this? How how will you understand the meaning of any parable? Mm-hmm. And almost like saying, the if you can unlock the meaning behind this, you can understand everything about the kingdom. Wh- yeah. Which is just gravity. Uh-huh. That's a very uh, heavy statement uh-huh. for him to say that. Yeah, and I I think that if you understand a very you say things and it's simple. It almost sounds like an oversimplification, but it's not. If you understand that, that the word is a seed, it, it acts like a seed and your heart is fertile soil. 
if you truly understand what that means, it, that can change your life, you know, because what it causes me to do a lot of times <clears throat> is have these really intense um, thoughts. And that is, uh, that is to say, <laughs> I see, I can beat myself up when I'm having internal conversations, I don't like when other people are super harsh with me, yeah. <laughs> but I can be harsh with myself. So I can say, you don't really believe the Bible, Tim. Like, you don't really believe this. You don't really believe that this is God's word. And I'm like, I do, but I'm just lazy. And it's like, no, you don't. Because if you really did believe this was God's word, you'd read it all the time. I'm not talking about you would never go to work or anything like that. I just mean you would value it so much more than you do right now. And you would read it and think about it and meditate on it and, and allow that word to sink into your heart because the principles in here will give you the most rich, fulfilling life ever. It will give you, it will help you in every way. This is like God has been dealing with humans always. <laughs> so he has seen every shortcoming. He has seen every flaw. He has seen every success story. He's seen it all. He knows like he's the creator of mankind. I know this is all really simple, but if you just kind of step back and think about it this way, they're like, he's the creator. So the person who created it knows the most, uh, uh, the most about it. You know, if you're created like Ford, I think I maybe used this analogy before. I don't remember, but my, I have a Ford F-150. So like Ford knows everything about my vehicle. Mm -hmm. they, they know what is, what it needs to run the best. They know exactly when the oil change needs to happen and transmission and, uh, this thing keeps leaking. Sorry. Uh, they know everything about it. And so it's like they know if you just do this, if you just take care of it, this will this will run for a really long time, you know, but you're kind of putting it into your own hands. If you're saying, no, nah, I don't want to get an oil change right now. I don't want to take care of this. I don't want to do that. Well, it's like you're you're going to shorten the length of your vehicle. And the same is true of your life. Like God knows everything about what's perfect for you, not just humankind as a general. I mean, like specifically me, Tim Johnson, because I have gifts that not everyone has, you know, mm -hmm. I'm made very, very unique as we all are. Um, but so he knows exactly what I need in every single situation. And if I truly believe that this was the word of God, every season, I need a new fresh word. Every season, I need to rely on him to show me something. And if I really believed the word, I would be in it all the time. So sometimes um, when I think about the parable of the sower, I'm like, these are seeds, Tim. These are seeds that will change. They will grow into harvest that will bring you unbelievable joy and peace. And like through hardship, you will come out on the other side twice as strong, twice as tough, you know, because of these seeds or, you know, use your, pick your metaphor, keys, whatever you call it. But if you really did believe that, that this was a seed that could change your life, you would be in it all the time. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we value entertainment and comfort over, over that. So I do believe it's the word of God, but it humbles me when I think about that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and, and because, you know, because I'm in this season of intense focus on, on prayer and scripture, well, I'm going to make my students do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So this week I've been teaching them all about the Lord's prayer uh, in from uh, Matthew six. And so I decided to see if I could break it down and tie a whole bunch of scripture to it. And I did. And mm. I found like 
it was easy for me. Huh. And it was like a breakthrough for me in that. And then I was able to teach it. So it was just like this huge breakthrough for me. Like God called you to be a teacher and that's what you're going to do. And so I found that I, I feel God's joy when I teach, when I'm able to teach what, especially what's in, in the Bible, what it, what it's communicating. And let me tell you about the Lord's prayer. It is such a biblically, theologically rich prayer mm-hmm. as it should be because Jesus is the one who gave it. Yeah. Uh, that um, it not only teaches us how to pray, but why, why we can and should pray to God. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and, and that might be a little abstract, but I can break it down a little bit if you want. If any, I do have a question for you, though. Sure. Um, like you were saying, you struggle sometimes with praying and knowing what to say. Mm-hmm. I think you had a couple questions about that. Go ahead. And you were talking about uh, you're not sure what to say, so you're kind of using other people's words. So, other than the Lord's prayer, other than what Jesus taught mm-hmm. us, um, what do you mean by are you talking about the early apostle? So I'm talking about apostles' like prayer, the Psalms. Psalms, okay. Like uh, across the board, across any uh, any denomination, any Christian tradition, everybody agrees that you should be praying the Psalms. Um, and like so, like especially one of my favorites, and I, I'm sure it is for a lot of people, is Psalm 91. Yeah. Um, and then. But I also like looking at the prayers that other Christian leaders throughout the centuries have prayed. Like mm-hmm. uh, uh, one of them I didn't know about until this week uh, was Thomas Aquinas. Like he had, he wrote some great prayers. Mm-hmm. And I love to read it. And then there is a the Anglicans use the Book of Common Prayer. That's it. That's the one I was thinking. Right. I wasn't sure if you were referring to that. And so uh, a few years ago, I wrote a paper on uh, Thomas Cranmer, who who um, was used by Henry VIII to help um, England separate from the Roman Catholic Church and create the, the Church of England. And Thomas Cranmer also developed the Book of Common Prayer along with some people, some other Christians who had to flee uh, Europe because they were being uh, oppressed by the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So it, they've, they've. So that's what what I'm trying to say. There is like it's a a, a cross denominational uh, lines. Yeah, lines written by these like insanely spiritually insightful biblically insightful people yeah so that and i just can't tell you how well that has helped me help form my prayer life and and my faith well i would love to read some of those Mm -hmm. um and it's crazy that we're having this conversation because um won't get into too much of it but uh we, my wife and I wanted to, um, wanted to 
instill a little bit more word into uh, our kids, mm-hmm. um, specifically the oldest one. And, uh, but, but be more intentional about, um, we're talking about like uh, word of faith and stuff like that, about how uh, there's power in your words, mm-hmm. you know, and how you need to be speaking the word of God over yourself, over your kids. And uh, <clears throat> so like I can say for myself, um, this is off the top of my head. Okay. So like what I used to pray, was uh, and I probably still do, you know, some elements of this, but like off the top of my head, every prayer I'm praying is is in the Word. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm just I'm thanking God. Um, you heard me pray a little bit even tonight about His His goodness, um, His mercy endures forever. You know, He is good as uh, His mercy endures forever. And um, thank you that I'm in Christ, that I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, mm-hmm. that you became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And, and then I'm healed and I'm whole and I'm more than an overcomer and, you know, on and on and on all these things. I'm speaking this over myself first thing in the morning. I'm not like it's not some magic trick. It's faith stirring up inside of me. I'm speaking what's true and what's in the word mm-hmm. and what's true about my covenant specifically. You know, all of these things that I'm speaking, they're not just good, happy things to make me go. Yeah, I can conquer the world today. Th- these are like promises in the word of God. I've been made righteous. I am more than an overcomer. I have his nature. You know, I have the mind of Christ. I have peace with God. Um, and so we've been very intentional lately about how we need to uh, to maybe let him listen to a little bit more word, you know. Mm-hmm. And Aaron had the great idea. Hey, I wonder if he would like, uh, you know, the guy I used to listen to a lot, Andrew Womack. And so who's he's, just, he's a great teacher. He's a great biblical teacher. He makes things very, very simple. And uh what I usually always recommend people who've never heard of him is I say, hey, just go to his website. It's all free. You know, there's a suggested amount you know, if you want to give, but he's very generous. So it's all free. And uh, it's called The Better Way to Pray. And it's a, uh, you know, long series that he does. And um, it's so fantastic, but it exposes a lot of like bad teaching and bad thinking about what prayer is. Okay. And so we're listening to it on the way to school every day now, me and Coop. And so he loves it. And I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to push anything, but I'm like, okay, we'll listen to whoever speaks to you. <laughs> yeah. This guy speaks to me. But you know, Andrew Womack, he's the hick from South Texas. So he's, you know, very plain. Uh-huh. And a lot of people are like, oh, he's boring. So I wanted to know. I'm like, what do you think? Do you like this guy? And he's like, oh, he's funny. I'm uh-huh. like, all right, you got good taste, buddy. <laughs> and so uh, I'm, I'm believing that words getting down deep in his spirit. He's picking up some of those things. But um, I say it's funny you say that because uh, – I've heard a lot of people pray and I'm not sitting here on a high horse looking down on people who are um, who I think are not praying hundred percent. Right. Or maybe uh, praying from a, um, that almost sounds kind of schmucky praying from a uh, praying like an old, old covenant prayer, you know? So Psalms are great. I pray Psalms all the time and I love the messiness of, of David's prayers, you know, how it's just like, why are you so far from me? You know, I understand that's a, messianic prayer but uh he's just he's saying what he feels so i guess one of my questions to you would be like aside from having to feel like you have to say the right prayer do you ever just like just vent let it out i hate this guy i want to punch him in the face why is he you know whatever (laughs) yeah because i well (laughs) what is it psalm 137 or something where he says you know happy are the people who dash their enemies infants against the rocks oh my gosh like i don't <laughs> yeah like 
uh, it's intense. Uh, so great. I don't pray those prayers. Yeah, it's uh, good. We uh, like uh, infants on the theologian stage. <laughs> we do, yeah. Um, but uh, oh, sometimes I do let it out, mm-hmm. and it's weird because who is, what was the name of that guy that uh, they're short prayers, couple words, like where to next. That's it. Hmm. Things like that. What do we do now? Mm-hmm. And because, and they're out loud to those types of prayers. Sure. Um, so, yeah. But also meditating on certain prayer, especially the Lord's prayer. Yeah. Has just been. Like, so let's, let's get back to that. Cause I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. About, uh-huh. um, so, um, I mean, which part? <laughs> okay, so well, let's let's just kind of break it down a, a little bit. You know, we don't have to spend too much time, but I'm just curious about this. There's a section I don't understand what Jesus is saying. Okay, in well, the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll, just go ahead and read it. Like we'll go kind of sentence for sentence. And... All right. So this is from. I don't know what version. I think this is probably from. This might be the CSB. With uh, uh, um, with a little change from me, just to make it uh, more readable. Is that your jam? No. Okay. Um, This so therefore you should pray like this: Uh, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In the CSB, it says, um, "Your name uh, be honored," Mm -hmm. and and. And holy, mm-hmm. which is closer to the Greek translation. Okay, yeah. So, and then, and then the rest is the same from there. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. Give us today our our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. Do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple things there. So let's just say the first part. The model. I don't know if he's if he's um, saying this as a if it's that specific, but a way I've heard it said, and, and I I think is very true, is that this is a. It's not just saying like, hey, you should pray this exact prayer, you know, because he even says, um, you know, when you pray, don't be like the the hypocrites and the Pharisees that they say the same thing again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily that saying that one sentence. That's a beautiful prayer, but like understanding the meaning behind it, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, so our father who art in heaven, holy is your name. So that's like saying we enter his gates with praise and thanksgiving. The first thing out of my mouth, I don't care what's happening. It's, it's going to be in praise because I, I what I want to do is lower myself and my problems and my whatever in his presence. Not that he doesn't care. It's that I'm, let's put it in proper perspective here. You know, mm-hmm. he's God, he's holy. So let's acknowledge that first. So like, okay, I'm having a really bad day, but. I come to you right now and I just praise you. And all that I'm telling you every time, as no matter how stressed out I am, if I just start praising God, I, I, I can get carried away and come back and be like, what was I going to, oh, I got this thing. It's small, but I thank you. Uh-huh. You know, right. yeah. yeah. So it's putting him in perspective. He's holy. That's number yeah. one, right? Yeah. Yeah. May, may your name be honored as holy um, is what the Greeks says. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that means holy holy means to be set apart and and the thing is 
and you know we have to set aside trinitarianism for a second and say god is not like humanity so his name is above every other name god is holy other mm -hmm. but then he's also jesus christ so hmm. but uh in the hebrew um language the word used for god is either purposely misspelled or never spelled the same way twice so they really want to show reverence for god in his name. never spelled the same way twice mm -mm. i've never heard that yep and if you if you read some jewish websites uh today they'll leave the o out in god or they'll spell they won't spell out yahweh they'll put y-h-w-h yeah, yeah i've heard that yeah okay. Be because it, it's almost like his name is um too holy to i mean we're just kind of give it yeah. so so it's almost like a whisper yeah 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 it's nothing but consonants um which oh dude we could get into some cool stuff like that. <laughs> did you know about what that like how the pictures of what y-h-w-h is um i probably learned about it at some point but i i don't remember it's no. really cool um I, i'll just tell you this okay so in 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 hebrew uh -huh. um my understanding is that like the every letter has so much meaning mm -hmm. every letter of the hebrew alphabet has unbelievable meaning it's like it's each one is like a, also a musical note you know and and has it's like a picture of something um so like the, so my one of my instructors always used to say that the bible is, is a real picture book so even when jesus is telling parables he's trying to get you to picture uh for instance the parable of the sower he's trying to picture where seed lands what it looks like on good soil what it looks like on bad soil mm -hmm. and so uh let's just i'll give you one example before i get to that one um the word for tongue uh is, if you look at what the pictures are in it it's it's a picture of a um what is it? A shepherd's hook. Hmm. Meaning like that's your like you that's how you um like lead your your tongue, like leads your body, leads your minds, leads your your thoughts and all that. So it's almost like a shepherd's hook. And so uh what is it? Yahweh is um what is it? It means behold hand, behold nail. So when you say the name of God, it's saying like, behold, hand, behold, nail. Um, that's unbelievable to me if that's true. And I've heard it multiple times. So it wasn't just like this guy said it one time. But yeah, there's the, each each mm -hmm. each letter is a is a different sort of word picture, you know, mm -hmm. and put together. Uh, it illustrates how deep that language really goes. It is a very deep language. Yeah. I, I know that. Part. And then con continuing with the name, I'm really going to have to look look that up. Anyways, yeah. uh because it's I mean, if if it, the 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 characters, the, the Hebrew characters are That's very what I was looking for characters. Thank they're you. very like blocky. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that they would form a, a picture mm -hmm. um, like like not not the things themselves, not like the, this looks like uh, this. It's just like each it represents that. OK. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I, oh, I, I'm more of a Greek guy. So sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, in the so but in the ancient world, uh, speaking of God's name in the ancient world and in a lot of cultures today, uh, a name is linked to reputation mm -hmm. and character. Yeah. So. 
God's name is linked to his holiness and it represents uh, it, it's got to be honored as holy. Yeah. So which, which is why profaning it is such a terrible thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when you when you think of uh, when you say the, the name of God, you are saying you're linking it to his person. Mm. Uh, who 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 is he? It's in the name of, of, of Yahweh. Yeah. Who is he? What has he done? Yeah. And the the only thing I, I can link that to now is like, if I don't know, have you ever seen the movie Home? It's about yeah, aliens. The alien. <laughs> and there's the, the, the main alien, O. Yes. And the reason why he has the name O is because he's always screwing up. Uh-huh. And, and people, uh, his other aliens are like, oh, yeah. Every time they see him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, he's like, oh, that must be my name. Yeah. So yeah, name is linked to reputation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's funny. That's where your mind went. <laughs> no, I teach K through eight. So <laughs> and and here here's the funny thing. I don't know where I'm at on this like today, but like we like our our kids all have very um, their names have a lot of meaning. Yeah. And we've prayed a lot about what their meaning is, mm-hmm. and. um so that's something that's really important to me. I didn't want to just throw anything out there. But the reason I say I don't know where I'm at today is because, like, I also understand if your name. OK, so my brother-in-law's name is Cameron, which means crooked nose. Okay. I don't think that's his destiny. No. Is uh, to have a crooked nose. Right. I just that I don't know how much that matters to me, but or how much it matters. But it's important to me personally. You know, I want right. to I want to call my kids something with meaning you know yeah and like uh, with my uh my second uh paxton he was just peaceful mm-hmm. he's a peaceful boy he can just be by himself we noticed that very early on yeah and so praying i was just like we got to find something has having to do with peace and so we found paxton which is like peace town it's like latin mm-hmm. peace town yeah. so yeah mm-hmm. anyway little sidebar right and then i mean but like I was able to write almost well three and a half pages of notes just based on these line this poem this prayer that Jesus gives us mm-hmm. and so uh, that kind of like kickstarted something in, in in me yeah and. So we, so we got holy, holy is your uh, name. Right. Um, so here's the thing. I, I want to kind of go a little bit down the line, but you also have a lot of notes. I don't know if you have them in front of you. If I you want to skim and hit some high points, go for it. Um, the thing that I'm that, okay. So holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is mm-hmm. in heaven. So I love that part, mm-hmm. but I've also, the way I understand it, I'm told is, um, not I am told. I've heard some people kind of come under criticism. So to me, what that means is it's God's will to bring uh, his kingdom to the earth. It's God's will to bring his kingdom to the earth. So the, the, just as it is in heaven, he wants it to be that way on the earth. Now, there's a couple different ways of looking at that. You can say when Jesus comes, that's going to be the ultimate fulfillment of that. When he comes, his, his second coming, he is going to make all right with the world. He is going to punish evil, and as Isaiah, I believe it is, says he's going to put the government on his shoulders, and so he will be king supreme 
and the world will be right. He will deal with sin. He will deal with the devil. He will deal with the Antichrist, all the wickedness in the world. Okay, so that, and then in the, the new world, the new millennium, that is the fulfillment, just on earth, just as it is in heaven. It's a mirror. Okay, so I understand that's the end result, but we're kingdom people. Jesus said, the kingdom is in you. That's what he told his disciples. You know, he said, the kingdom is in you. So when I receive Jesus Christ, I'm re he's building the kingdom in my spirit. He's building it in my heart. And as it kind of goes outward, the, the, it affects my life. And that also affects my marriage, my mm -hmm. home, my children. So the kingdom is being built in my home. But if we're also responsible stewards, we understand that the kingdom is being built in our communities, you know, not just through churches and outreaches. That's huge. Yes. But also just relationships. We're bringing the kingdom into the earth. So we are called to be his representatives. Uh, ambassadors is the term Paul uses uh, in the earth. So I see both. I see. Yes, he's saying, yes, he will come again. But what's God's intentionality? What's his will is to bring the kingdom to the earth, right? Is that kind of what that means to you as well? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about inaugurated eschatology. Yes, do it. I love your uh, radio voice. That's great. Um, yeah, Jesus is giving. So this prayer is in, in Matthew, is in the Sermon on the Mount. Okay. Matthew uh, 5 through 7 is the whole Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Okay, where he's teaching his disciples the morals and ethics, behavior of... Well, he's teaching everyone in Sermon on the Mount, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he is. I think he is. Yeah. Uh, I, some people disagree. People. Some people disagree. He's like, no, he's only teaching his disciples. And there were other people around. They heard it. And I'm like, well, if they're there then they're getting taught. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. uh, anyway, it's one of those annoying ivory tower situations. Um, but uh, so he's teaching in, in the Sermon on the Mount. That's kingdom ethics mm -hmm. is what I call it. it okay. Yeah. Um, all about what it is to be in the kingdom of God. Um, so clearly to me, he feels that God's will is to be done right now. Right. On earth as it is in heaven. Obviously, uh, it might not be done perfectly, um, but there's in the New Testament, like Paul's letters is all, all about how to be a, a Christian and it perfectly lines up with the Sermon on the Mount. Right. Um, and so, yeah, uh, you can, you, God's will can be exercised now because Jesus has started it mm -hmm. through what he did, his life, death, resurrection. Yeah. Um, and, and not just that, too, how to, how to be a kingdom person in a very, very immoral, wicked world. Because I see that happening a little bit in our culture, but Paul's time, you know, in the first century, dude, it was in Rome or in Jerusalem, and everywhere he went, it was so disgusting. The culture was so lost and so off, you know. And yeah. he's, um, I think you even talked about it in, in one of your uh, one of your episodes I was listening to about um, 
about how it was kind of considered uh, patriotism to oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah. Uh, li live adulterously and uh -huh. to party and all that stuff and that was in it's my, almost like patriotism that was in my was it a 21 days of prayer and fasting oh is that what that was yeah. okay okay um, that the video mini sermon video yep yeah um yeah but and... yeah it was patriotism because uh if you're greco-roman you worship the greco-roman gods mm -hmm. they're the Greek deities are picked out by uh, every every Greek town has a patron Greek deity. Mm -hmm. Okay, that like their mascot. And if you're not participating in those activities, you're not patriotic, bro. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And so they're gonna persecute. They're gonna question you. Be like, yeah. why aren't you here? Uh, do you do you not love this town? Yeah, or, or, or whatever because you know uh at a lot of these festivals people get drunk mm -hmm. uh and you know behavior spirals downhill really quickly for sure um so yeah I, I wanted to throw that in there because yeah. I, I i feel like people are like well how can you raise godly kids at an at a age like this and i'm like it you think this is bad so like there's no uh there's no prostitute diana up at the altar when you go to pray <laughs> like come on now uh yeah i mean <laughs> i understand the sentiment i'm not trying to be you know right. schmucky again but yeah that'll just get me started down another tangent <laughs> right yeah, yeah, yeah. lord's <laughs> prayer is where we're at we're uh, sticking to that i'll turn into lewis black at that point <laughs> like lewis black <laughs> um um so anyway uh Go, go back to what you were saying about kingdom. We're kingdom people. Yeah, God's God's will is done in heaven because that's where God's holy and physical presence lives. Okay, He's sovereign uh, uh, overall. Um, humanity lives in a state of fallenness and sin on earth. Mm -hmm. Sin is rebellion towards God. It's the opposite of doing His will. Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying, though, that God's will can be carried out and that doing his will is part of being a citizen of the kingdom. Hmm. Jesus is here to establish the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. He starts during his ministry. Yeah. Okay. We go back to Luke where he reads the scroll from Isaiah mm -hmm. in the synagogue before they try to throw him off a cliff. Yeah. He's all these things have been fulfilled in your hearing. Yeah. All right. Uh, and so the verse, the verse is asking God to empower. These are petitions, they're appeals. The verse is asking uh, God to empower us to do his will. And that happens through accepting Christ as our savior and being his disciple. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's what I wrote for my kids. Yeah. But. So I, I, I understand that to a degree. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so the kingdom come, the will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This part, give us this day, our daily bread. I don't right. really know what he's talking about when he says All right. that. So I think there's a few things happening here. So God cares about our day to day provisions. Sure. In Matthew 14, I think Jesus shows it perfectly, uh, by feeding the 5,000 yeah. plus yeah, plus people uh, with only a few loaves of bread and fish. I don't know if people are aware that they 
in the 5,000, that's only counting men. Men. It's not counting so it's, women and It's children. probably 10 to 15, actually. Probably. That's what is shady. My wife says that all the time. She's like, why aren't they counting women? That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's that Sexist time. pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Patriarchal. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, beating the 10 to maybe 15,000. Right. So, uh, and then, uh, so... And then later, after giving the Lord's Prayer, he tells us not to worry about uh, our needs uh, because they'll be provided. Yeah. You know, don't worry about uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own worries. And, you know, you see the lilies in the field. And yes, beautiful. How you know, God's got you. Beautiful. There's okay. another illustration, another right. picture, you know, mm -hmm. which, by the way, when my wife and I were going through a uh, very financially hard time after we had started the business, um, she was sitting in the parking lot of Walmart. And like she is a master when it comes to like money and uh, like to give you an example, we were things were so tight. She had things down two cents and she sent me to go get something, which is always a terrible idea because I will always get the wrong one <laughs> or something, you know, because I just I don't know what it is. I'm dumb, I guess, and just don't look at what I'm getting. So I get the fat free or the unsalted butter or, you know, the name brand one. And so I did that. I got the name brand, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she was, she looked at me and she was like, I told you great value brand. And I was like, what's the difference? 10 cents. And she's like, yes, it is. And now we're overdrawn. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you got it down to 10 cents. And she was like, oh yeah, I've gotten it down to one penny before. I mean, she's like right on it. So she was at Walmart trying to like figure out how to do this and kind of struggling with some unbelief. And she literally saw a raven with a piece of bread in his mouth in the parking lot. And so that moment gave her such comfort that it was like the Holy Spirit saying, like, I feed Mr. Raven over there. Mm -hmm. Like, or, you know, a way to say that is I have given him the ability to get what he needs, you yeah. know. And it was and so she was like, God's got this. I'm yeah. going to go shopping. It's OK. Yeah. And that yeah. reminds me of uh, Elijah when he was mm -hmm. in, in the cave there. The brook uh, Cheerith or whatever. Yeah. Um, OK. The ravens fed him. Yeah. That's a cool story. I like that. What your story, not well, and Elijah. Elijah's was all right. <laughs> <He's> all right. <laughs> it's no Walmart parking lot, right. but <laughs> I mean, so uh, our <laughs> that's funny. Sorry. So you know, Jehovah Jireh, right? The yes. Lord will provide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The 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 daily needs. People. That's when people start thinking about ah, Jehovah Jireh, mm -hmm. and they're I I think it's okay to think like that but our daily bread also means our spiritual food right and so we've and you know jesus illustrates this in in john 6 35 i am the bread of life mm -hmm. jesus was saying that he's the nourishment of his life lasts for eternity mm -hmm. so right um we're not just talking day to day we're talking about the rest of our days right and uh -huh. into eternity and so that that speaks directly to uh, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh. We first see it in Genesis 22, 24. Yeah. With Abraham. God providing the ram in the thicket. The Lord will provide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's used specifically the, for the preservation and provision of life in extreme circumstances. Mm hmm. Okay, so not necessarily everyday needs. Okay, but again, if we bring up the fat, how God is multifaceted, mm -hmm. you know, it's both and. Thank okay. you. 
Okay. Right? And I wanted to push back, but I wasn't sure how to ask that question. But yeah. Uh-huh. Right. I, yeah. Well, I mean. It, but like, and that's kind of what I mean. Uh, a lot of the criticism that, that I uh, hear people that I talk to who are very like anti, it's usually always like he meets your needs and nothing more. And I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry. He doesn't. He meets both, you know, at, at the risk of you seeming extremely covetous, you know, um, I, I, I don't I don't buy that for a second. You know, I, I, I think it's it's all of it because he loves you that much. It's all because it sounds to me like the opposite of what Jesus said. If your son asks for uh, bread, will you give him a stone? And it's almost like, no, I'll give him just enough so he doesn't die. And that's all. It's like, no, God loves you. The point, the uh, not the, what's the word I'm looking for? Contrast that he's making there is someone who is evil, <laughs> but still can give good things versus God who is not evil. There is no evil in him and his a complete love and generosity towards us. It's not a comparison. It's actually a contrast when he's telling that story. So it's like, your needs, yes, but but also like what makes you happy? God wants to make you happy, you know, wants you to be blessed. Yeah. I mean, just uh, strip it down at its mm -hmm. most basic understanding. Like, does God care about my happiness and my joy? Yes. Does he want to give me good things and bless me? Yes. But as soon as you start to say that, people start to be like, well, no, wait a minute now. Wait, well, what if? It's like, okay, fine. What if? We can deal with the stupid what ifs. But can't we just like say God's really good and loves me? Yeah. Because I can look at my sons and say, I want them to have a great education. Mm -hmm. I want them to be full. You know, I want them to to be blessed. I want them to have nice things. Now we can get into the what ifs. Do I want some covetous Brad who gets what he wants and is not tough? And any anytime like he's hungry, if he doesn't get what he wants, he throws a fit. No, of course not. I don't want that. And we'll take him through the woods and starve him for a couple of days. But uh, <laughs> but like just it seems like this should be a really easy softball that the Christian should be able to answer. Doesn't God love you? Isn't he great? And it's like, well, yeah, but he doesn't love you that much. You I, know? Yeah. I, I, a lot of that, I think, has to do with the way we react towards traditions who abuse one side of, or I want yeah, abuse happens, but also overemphasize uh, one or one or the other. Mm -hmm. So, well, you're overemphasizing this, so let's just throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? And say, no, it's this. Yeah, and uh, as as uh, my my pastor. Uh, Kenneth Hagin used to say, um, God, there's a, a ditch on, on both sides of every piece of doctrine. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want us in any ditch. You know, he wants us on the main road. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's a ditch to, to fall into extreme prosperity. God exists so that I'm happy. As long as I'm happy, everything's good. And there's a ditch that says, um, you know, poverty is good. Like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm poor and I'm, look how spiritual I am. And it's like, no, you're all you're thinking about is your need, yeah. you know? Um, um, or like living in a place like, like when I hear the nuns say like, we're taking a vow of poverty and I'm like, pass <laughs> <laughs> like honest. Cause it, it's, it sounds like you're saying I am going to, I have the ability to make a living for myself, but I'm going to rely on somebody else to give me food and water because well, I'm so spiritual. And, and that's my very, you know, cynical point of view, but I'm just like, so you're taking a vow of bum ship. <laughs> you're going to be a bum. So <laughs> and not right. work. <laughs> I'm going to push back on that. A That's little fine. Because, I'm being a jerk. Uh, <laughs> when, when, when nuns take those vows of poverty or, or monks or whatever, they're living in the community. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So they have a, a, a communal, they have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And they're really, uh, and they have to fulfill those responsibilities. So even if they're taking a, a vow of poverty, they still have to eat. And they still, I, I don't know if this is true, but I think they, yes, it is true. They sell stuff to provide mm-hmm. for themselves. Yeah. They're just, you, you've got to, you, they, they're just called to live differently and, and devote themselves. They, uh, you know, they're single people too. Okay, sure. So, and, and one, one more ahead. thing. So St. Francis of Assisi, of Assisi, he took a vow of pro- poverty um, and with the way that he lived and what he taught about the Bible, he was able, uh, 40,000 people became Franciscan monks mm-hmm. because of him. And so... I think that there's something there with with taking a vow of voluntary poverty. It's just that don't throw that on everybody else mm-hmm. because um, it's not a, a one size fits all thing. I think. Yeah, and I, I I suppose I understand that. I I know that my my knowledge of uh, the ins and outs of Catholicism are limited. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked to someone today, a, a mutual friend, and uh, he was talking about how he made the transition from the Catholic church to a non-denominational setting. And he was like, okay, we're not doing the liturgy. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not doing church calendar. We're not doing all this stuff. I wonder what Easter is going to look like. And he's like, it blew my mind. And I was like, in a good way. He was like, no, I didn't want to go to church anymore. I was like, Easter, we talk about the resurrection, but that's it. And Easter is like the Super Bowl, you know? And he's like, there's no, it's just like, yeah, it's like a regular Sunday. And then we have an Easter egg hunt. And he was like, this is not right. Uh And I was like, right, but there's no scripture that says this is how Easter is supposed to (laughs) go. There's no scripture that says, you know, uh, these very specific things, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I talked to someone who's very wrapped up in religion and traditionalism, and he was like, I went to a church where they had a smoke machine and I just about walked out the door. And I, at the time I was just kind of looked at him and smiled and I was like, but you know, they used to burn incense and that's smoke. <laughs> yeah. But there's nothing that says anything about anything about specifics yeah. about dress. A lot of that's just traditionalism tra- tradition. Am I saying that right? Sure. Sure. Uh, but anyway, so I say that to say that I'm uh, pleading a little bit of ignorance here, but um, I also do see something I love in Paul is that he had that very specific calling to lay down his life for, for the kingdom to an intense degree to never, I mean, talk about laser focus. This guy was laser focused on the kingdom of God and he was fine to die and find not just die, but live in prison, mm-hmm. like go in and out of prisons and then be stoned and willing to just be whipped and terrible things like that. But he still had a job. And even though he said, <clears throat> I'm, I have the right to be able to, uh, for, for me to ask you to support what I do for a living. He said, I have that right, but I'm not exercising it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't want to be a burden to anybody. I'm still a tent maker. I'm going to work. So everywhere he went, he worked. And there's something so important about that. He even said, if you don't work, you don't eat. Mm -hmm. So yes, I'm a capitalist. I'm a total free market capitalist. I want to be a millionaire. No question. But 
I understand <clears throat> I'm saying that just so I can be upfront and honest to anyone listening. Um, but I, I don't I don't think that everyone has to have that sort of same drive or ambition that I do. It's just that I think there's something really important on on working and providing for yourself because as soon as you get into this communal mentality, it sounds a lot like socialism. And it sounds a lot like people like are just are just getting from the community pot, but not really doing anything. Well, so socialism <clears throat> and, and, and communism sees people as a collective, mm -hmm. whereas a Christian community like uh, a Christian community, let's just say that is a, a community because it is made up of individuals. So mm -hmm. it recognizes a person as an individual in theory, in, in, in theory. And, and, but they're, a, they care about the community. Okay. So it, where socialism erases any sense of individuality. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Bible, uh, New Testament, apostles were they were concerned about individuality even paul you know with his uh hand can't be a foot or whatever sure. there's yeah. that there's diversity that, that that's yes. what i'm trying to say yes um and so uh every monk has their own responsibility mm -hmm. every monk has their own gifts um and they still make money but they're you're also responsible for for the community's welfare in some aspects uh -huh. so but if they live in and i don't know that all monks do but if they live in a monastery high up in the mountains i mean how much community interaction is there i there no, like I said, not all monks do that. Right, but. not all monks do. There's, I mean, there's nuns and and monks that live in like New York City. Sure. So there were some nuns that lived right down the street from us. Yeah, and they they used to go to the gas station and come back with a sixer. We need a monk on the show. Is what we. Need. That's what we need. Do you know any monks? Uh, uh, no, I can get one. Wait, I'll find a monk. Find I, I was gonna, I was gonna say we should invite Rick because he's very knowledgeable on Catholicism. I'd love to bounce stuff off of him. But anyway, um, I, and we're getting off a little bit. It's fine because I'm interested. Yeah. I want to know more about this. But um, how did it get off? We're talking about prayer, um, daily needs and daily bread. Yeah. Give us this. I guess one of my questions about that is I'll use <clears throat> the last part of the Lord's Prayer to ask the question because I always had a hard time praying, uh, lead us not into evil uh, mm -hmm. At least not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I was, I would not pray that because I'm like, why would I pray God not to lead me into evil? God's not going to lead me into evil until I found out that the um, you is implied. You do not lead us into temptation, but you deliver us from evil. And I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't imply the you. You need to say and you do not lead us into temptation. So the parallel I want to draw is this. It seems like I should pray, thank you for giving us our daily bread. Thank you for providing us everything that we need in your word and just in the natural. Whatever I need to survive, what I need for, uh, for life, thank you for providing it. Actually, the majority of my prayer is not me asking for anything, but me recognizing everything that I have. 
I understand that's a new covenant prayer, but um, I think that was my question about the daily bread thing. Am I asking God for provision or am I just recognizing that he has given me provision and acknowledging that? Uh, that's think, the issue that I, I have think, with that part. I, I mean, I have, I, I have to ask for stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, even though God knows what I need already, yeah, I'm still going to ask it because it's part of the intimate relationship that we have with God in prayer. Yeah. Um, if we go back up to, there we go. The, the first part of the prayer, our, our father. Uh -huh. Okay. You know, he used, Jesus uses the word pater. That's generic term for, for father. It is pronounced pater. Pop. Is it Potter? I, I've always heard Pater. Okay. Pater. I make a big deal of that because mm. my wife calls um calls her dad Pater. Okay. And I, I thought it was just so funny. Yeah, Mater it, as a joke, it's just funny. But um, Mater and Pater. Ma yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But she always calls him Pater. And I was like, I think it's actually Potter, but whatever. Uh, I've, I've always heard Pater. No, no one wants to be that guy who's like, actually, it's pronounced this way. Uh -huh. But if so... I mean, Father, that suggests a relationship. Yes. Right? So, yeah. and then, but if you go into Mark 14, 36, Jesus prays, Abba, Father. Right, yeah. Very intimate, very intimate. Very intimate, yes. Because uh, uh, it's it, it resembles the word dad, mm -hmm. which is, you know, there's a difference between father, you know, he sired you, and dad is like, you raised me yeah. to be like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, and then <laughs> in, in Romans 8, 15, uh, Paul tells us that believers in Christ who've received the spirit of adoption. Yes, we cry which out. Which allows us to call God Abba. Yes. Because he's making us his real sons yes. and daughters. You said that. Oh, man, yeah. that's right. Oh, I love that, man. I get emotional again thinking about that. That's beautiful. So our father in heaven is not a distant being. He's close to us and we are his children. So we can go down here to verse uh, the daily bread and, and and we can ask God for, for yeah. provision. And I was just thinking, too, in uh, going back to the um, is it the Sermon on the Mount? Is it the Beatitudes? Yep. Okay. So when he says uh, right after that, he says, uh, ask and you will receive. Yeah, that's and, in and that's in the in, it's in Matthew five, right? Uh, ask it, and receive, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open. Mm -hmm. Everyone who asks, seeks. Yeah. Um, and then even in James, um, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And he says, he'll, God will give us. Give it. I, it so. I, I, I say that. And that's such a big deal because I've been in situations where I've needed things and not had them and i've i've had to ask myself am i supposed to really ask in faith and seek this or am i supposed to just let you deal with it you know what i mean not like not not that like i'm shirking my responsibility uh i need to do what what's in front of me but i also can't control everything so i can't control what happens like if, if i needed for example when i started the business i did not have a truck so all I was thinking about was a truck. I just have to get the truck because I need to be able to haul a trailer and do all this stuff. And uh, it's tricky to do landscaping out of a sedan. And uh, and so that was all that was on my mind. Yeah. And I kept being like, Lord, am I obsessing about this stupid truck that's not here yet? You know, or do I need to do I need to speak that and claim it every day? Hey, thank you. You've provided me with what I need. and What I need right now is a truck. Or do I need to just say, 
okay, I prayed it, done, done praying it now. I'm just going to continue with what I have and be grateful for what I have. And then as soon as it comes, you know, that's the right time, so to speak. So it, it almost sounds like I'm saying the same thing as I'm saying it out loud. But I remember having that uh, dual thinking and, mm -hmm. and I was wondering, like, am I supposed to be really intentional about asking for things or do I need to just say thank you for everything I have and what I need? You will you will provide as I keep taking steps. Mm -hmm. I can't help but think it's both. Right. I mean, in my uh, personal opinion, I think that you can you can do both. Um, and I, I've, I mean, I'm comfortable with calling it a obsession. I've been obsessed about things in prayer, but it's, it's because I know that I can go before God and he'll listen. Yes. Uh -huh. So, and that's, um, sorry, go ahead. And I'm, he, you know, he's not going to, I don't know if he, he'd get annoyed, but <laughs> no, but he's, no, you no, know, no. in his great, he's graceful and long suffering and, yeah. and things like that. So I was going to say that uh, what gives you uh, talking about scripture being foundation for prayer, mm -hmm. um, what gives me that confidence is uh first John. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, we will have the petitions we have asked for. Mm -hmm. So it's like that shows me I have access. I have access. This is a confidence that I have in him. I know he hears me, you know, and if, if what I'm asking is in line with his will, then I know that I have it. Mm -hmm. You know, you said something about how access. I think that's 100 percent right. But you have to know that you have access. That's what gives you confidence, you know. Right. And, 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 and the, even the author of Hebrews because of Christ, we can go before the mm -hmm. throne boldly. Yeah, because he's our high priest. Right. So I, I think we over, over teach ourselves where, um, to the point to where it hinders our relationship w with God. Mm -hmm. um, over teach how? I agree with you with but. with with what you just said like we're we're too worried hmm. about offending uh, like it, it, it's there's prayer is like one of our it, it's in the sermon on the mount it's part of having that uh foundation on the rock hmm. Jesus ends with that anyone who listens to these words yes. will be like the one who has their foundation on the rock and when the wind and waves try to buffet it, nothing's going to happen. You're going to endure. Um, and so anything that can try to uh, prevent you from praying and make you self-conscious or insecure about praying mm -hmm. is going to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and so we get like, oh, am I praying right? Yeah. Right. Praying praying right is a a thing that is is necessary, but you don't you've got to learn you've got to learn how to how to pray. Right. And and that's and that's a gradual process. Absolutely. So. And I think he's given us the Lord's prayer mm -hmm. and he's given us communion right. as kind of things to help guide us. Yeah, because if we're not sure what to say, they are a means of 
his grace. Yeah. And I think grace is a good word because I was just thinking that too, that like, I feel like to the new believer who's not really sure, man, it's all the grace in the world, you know? Um, I was thinking recently about someone uh, (laughs) who was praying. We were all praying together. I guess this was in uh, youth church. And he said, like, he got a word about something. Someone had like a like a vision, a really kind of cool, not like an open vision, but like they felt like they saw something uh, in, in their spirit. And uh, and they were sharing it with us. And then this person who I really have a lot of respect for was like, uh, I just pray right now that um, that you would give one of us interpretation of what that is. Mm. And which is a great prayer, you know, a tongues interpretation. And it, it's not his will for us to, you know, be in ignorance. So, yeah, that's good. But then he said something like, I pray that if the person, if the person <laughs> says it wrong or like misrepresents you, I pray that they would be struck dead. Whoa. Yeah. And I was kind of like, okay, we have crossed over. This is official youth church. <laughs> and uh, I was, and I was a youth too, but I was kind of like, I don't think you can ask that. And I don't think God wants to kill anybody. Well, what I've learned about the past five years is that there are well-meaning people who think they're giving a, a word of prophecy and they're wrong. Right. Uh-huh. And that doesn't mean that they need to die. That just <laughs> means that they need to be corrected. Absolutely. Okay? And that's humbling to do, but it's necessary. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, there needs to be space for that. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some space for like, um, I don't know. There needs to be space for tongues and there needs to be space for interpretation and prophetic word. There also needs to be like space to say uh, that was not God. And here's why. Mm-hmm. Like, we love you. Keep keep at it. You know, like I heard uh, the school of the, the prophetic in this certain classroom, they always say like, um, they they give each other like a prophetic word, like let's pray for a minute. You're gonna pray with someone, and give them a, if you feel like the Holy Spirit's giving you something, uh, just speak that to them and see if it was right. And you know, and so they bounce it off of each other, and then at the end of it, they say, "Okay, who whose prophetic word was absolutely right on?" A bunch of people raise their hand, and everyone claps. And they says, "Whose prophetic word was way off?" Some other people raise their hand, and they still clap, and they're like, "It's okay." Mm-hmm. We're learning how to hear from God. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. I think most people would be like, nope, that's not God. You don't need to say it. Well, this is how you learn. You know, you learn like w- when your toddler starts walking, they look ridiculous and it's hysterical. It's hysterical. Like my son, Ruben, he's walking around his warrior walker. He's running into things and it's hilarious to me. I think that's kind of how God looks at it. You know, as long as you haven't been born again for 50 years and you still don't know any, you're still walking like a toddler. You look weird. But I think there's all the grace in the world for us to learn how to pray, to learn how to prophesy, to learn what tongues are, to learn what interpretation is. It's all covered in grace, you know. But then there does come a point where it's like, okay, we need to draw the line. And that line is a straight line with the Word of God. Yeah. So here's how we know, you know, which line are you on here? I think that takes a little bit of maturity to let that cut you, you know. It does. And and for, for someone to be like... You're off, and here's the scripture I'm using to illustrate that. Like, ah, like my pride. 